Hello and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I am Bill Price. Uh, welcome everybody. Today we are uh, breaking down a... We have another light playthrough week, sort of. Um, our first segment we usually start with, uh, always start with, I guess I should say, because we always do, is what we've been playing. And we recently just, uh, we just finished playing a game of To Call for the first time. We'll get into that in this episode. Mm -hmm. But we also had a playthrough of third edition Arkham Horror because we had the board a, game. The board game, yes. Not the card game. Uh, we had a listener request some, uh, our input on the game or a discussion of the game. We're not going to discuss that today because we want to get another playthrough in to uh, A, because we enjoyed the game, but B, we also really want to... Spoiler alert. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, or did we? <laughs> we may not have. It could be total garbage. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> But we really wanted to get another playthrough because it is such a meaty, big game to get kind of our thoughts ironed out um, and really get more perspective. Because we played the intro scenario, which is uh, quite deep in and of itself, but there are many other scenarios in that in the base game. And so we wanted to take a crack at that before yeah. we um, really gave you our opinion and, and talk through it. So yeah, there's a huge number of cards and components and things like that that weren't even used in the the uh, intro scenario so yeah uh, i'd love to yeah get an idea of really kind of how deep this game can can go how far down the rabbit how hole, deep does so. it go does it go to the top man is the president involved <laughs> but anyway possible. <laughs> yeah that's true it probably it is conceivable this game but we're going to table that for now because we're excited to talk about it we're going to restrain ourselves and get into um the one game we did play recently that we also liked but totally different in theme, and that is uh, Tikal. Um, this is a game that I have had in my shelf for a long time. It's an older game. It's a 1999 Spiel des Jahres winner, and I uh, I saw I think I found it at a thrift store or something, and I just got it for really cheap. It's the uh, they reprinted this re semi recently. I have the one I think probably from 1999 or around that time. Yeah, it looks it looks like it's from 1999. Yeah, it looks, it lo <laughs> looks of that era. The board yes. game is large, uh, unnecessarily large. <laughs> the boxes, I mean, the board the boxes unnecessarily large. They haven't figured quite out component storage exactly on this, um, but it's still a really great game. And so the, what we played is a variant that I found. Uh, Rado did a review of this game, and he played. He f he mentioned this variant. It's a two-player variant that plays in about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, outside of that, this game is about an hour and a half to two hours of, of playing. But this is a really cool variant that gives you a taste of it and a sense of what to call is. And um, I've ran one through once with my wife, and then uh, Bill and I just played one right now. And uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about this because I really like this game, and I thought it was such an interesting, just so surprising. It always surprises me when you play older games there's yeah. there's a lot of them that still hold up, but some of them hold up less than others. And to call just feels like well, you even said it. I was like, it kind of feels like an old game, and you're like, no, it feels like it got released recently. Yeah, it it feels like uh, it's got a lot of uh, mechanisms in it that are surprising to me that they're 20 years old, um, and it just it feels it doesn't look modern, but it looks very Euro yeah. gamey. So it it. I would believe if you said, hey, this is brand new and didn't show me the box, of course, uh, <laughs> but showed me the components and, and everything, I would believe that it, it was uh, fairly recent. I'd, I'd feel like they didn't put a whole lot of you know, money into the, <laughs> yeah, the design piece, but a lot of euros don't. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, but I mean, it's it's uh, it's a good looking game. It's uh, it plays really really well uh which is super surprising and i'm with you with uh when you see these old games it, it is kind of surprising that you're like huh how come i haven't heard about this like yeah. a lot before i mean obviously i've heard of to call before but i've never played it or had the opportunity to play it or know anybody who owns it um but yeah the uh you're talking about the reprint i'll bet it looks uh, you said they redid the the temples, the, like yeah. Temples, the big. I mean, they did. They redesigned the board a little bit um, and kind of upgraded the art. I'll be honest. I kind of like the old board better. I feel like it's you know. T speaking of modern art design, I think there is a there's a there is an issue with modern art design and gaming that there's a problem with more is not a thing or doing that. It's like right. let's make oh, especially redesigns or re-editions. They just they try to redesign something that works really well instead of maybe 
improving the color scheme or something or doing that. It's like, right. let's make this all better. It's like it was really good before. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it plays surprisingly well. Um, and so for anybody who's kind of unfamiliar, um, to call not in Mexico. Yes, I apologize <laughs> to uh, to to um, the. Uh, <laughs> The denizens of Tikal, I am very sorry for some reason. I, I have a terrible thing. I get Aztecs and Mayans and uh, everything mixed up because I'm I'm very ignorant. <laughs> and I shouldn't be because I enjoy that lore. But, right. uh, oh yeah, oh, to answer your question though, it was the temples that they upgraded for the newest edition to make them really cool because now they actually are little temples that stack versus oh. little cardboard chits. But, oh, that's neat. But yes, not in Mexico. Okay, yes. So this takes place <laughs> not in Mexico, on uh, Guatemala, I believe. Correct? Yes, yes, I believe it's North Guatemala. And um, one of the most renowned Mayan sites yes. in the world. I should have known that. So basically, uh, you, from what I understand, you are um, archaeologists and you are excavating uh, areas. It's an exploration game. Uh, it has these hexes, these big hexes that uh, you flip over. Uh, to sort of build out the map as you explore. So it's tile laying, which uh, which in and of itself is an original. But it has a really interesting bidding mechanism uh, where the two tiles or three tiles or however many tiles are going to come out uh, for, based on how many players there are. Um, you the player whose first turn it is uh, can bid to go first, can bid victory points to choose which tile they want to place. Um, because it can be advantageous, especially later on in the game, when you may have uh, a spot that you've kind of cut off from everybody else, uh, make it a little difficult for them to maneuver to, and a real good tile comes up that you want to be able to put, you know, kind of under your, in your area. Um, it may be worth five victory points for you to be able to upgrade that temple to eight or something to that effect. Um, so that's a, a pretty cool mechanism that I don't see in, in a lot of games. Uh, yeah. It's variable turn order in a kind of a different, it's kind of a yeah, different take on variable turn order. bidding on turn order, but, yeah. but it also, at least in the two-player variant, um, it's not a super high-scoring game, so you have to be really, you're only probably, bit, well, it's different probably in the bigger game, but in the variant, you're maybe bidding one or two at the most. So it's like, right. you're not, you don't want to throw these points a lot, so you really do have to consider... If it's worth it or not, right? But hey, if you want to go first, it's to seems, yeah. Oh, totally. uh, I mean, that's that's the way to do it. There, there is a way to do it, so that adds mm -hmm. some agency there, which I I really like. Um, it has a really interesting. It's uh, it's at its core, it's area control. Um, it has two scoring rounds, uh, at least in the two player version we did. Uh, two scoring rounds. Yeah, and the big game, I think it's four. Okay, so uh, there's periodic scoring rounds. And uh, when a scoring round comes around, you uh, you take each player takes their turn and scores, and then the next player takes their turn and scores, and the next player takes their turn and scores, uh, which is really neat because in a lot of area control games, um, it's basically uh, if everybody scores all at once, usually it's whoever goes last has the advantage because they can see where everybody else is kind of built up, and they can just go one more, you know. Um, or if somebody's built up something, they can just be like, oh, I'm going to ignore that. And then that other person's kind of wasted their, their guys over there. So it's, uh, it, it's majority area control, uh, but it's done in a very interesting way. Uh, I think it's fair to everybody. I think it's very cool. Makes for a really close game. Our game was only a couple yeah. points, um, away. So, uh, that's, that's really neat. That struck me as a very cool design mechanism there um if you haven't played this i would absolutely advise getting a hold of the new one and uh yeah. giving it a shot because it's uh it was a lot of fun i i enjoyed it. i admit when uh when kaz is like will you come over to record let's uh <laughs> we'll play this we'll play to call first i'm like hmm Yay! It looks so great, <laughs> so so good. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'll admit I was uh, I approached it with some hesitancy, <laughs> but uh, right. But um, it uh, it totally worth it. Very cool. Very cool game. So I can see why he was so um, unusually excited about it. So. Yeah, I just it, it's such a great like I did <laughs> some more reading about to call a general just to enlighten myself and it does 
give you so Tikal is apparently one of the major um, archaeological sites of in a huge, huge Mayan city, and so you do get the sense of exploring this jungle bit by bit and just finding things and finding more things and excavating those temples to get more things out of that temple and finding treasures. So it really does give the sense of, I don't know, whenever Tokal was discovered, maybe the 1900s, early 1900s, maybe, I don't know. I should, I didn't look that up, but, um, but the sense of, sense of like, uh, uh, of early explorers, um, archaeologists excavating the site and finding more and more and more to discover as they get deeper and deeper and deeper in the jungle, um, but also jockeying for position because it's going to be notorious and there's going to be a lot of archaeologists rushing to this place to try to find it and get notoriety. And so it really has this cool feeling of this dynamic shift in, like a lot of territory control games do, but the way that ties into the scoring, meaning that you're not, the territory always it feels insane kind of when mm-hmm. you're shifting and it's hard to plan around the scoring because of the fact that you're not preventing someone necessarily from scoring a temple unless there's really only one way to do it and that's put a guard on that temple which locks it down at whatever point value it is costs you half of your action points for the turn so it's a really big choice it's a really powerful choice but other than that most of the time you're going to score something and then that other person, another player is going to have 10 action points to remaneuver and probably score the same thing. And so it's, it's an interesting puzzle to know that they're going to be able to use something that you have used, but try to make that as difficult as possible without right. directly removing that option from the board. You have to just sort of like, um, indirectly edge them out or make it harder for them to get the majority there. And that's so interesting. Indirectly. In, yeah. Did I say indirectly? Indirectly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Indirectly, correct? Indirectly uh, doing that, and so it's just—it feels really interesting. It just, and it also—it feels satisfying in a way that I—I I haven't felt in a lot of territory controls. Most territory control games, the satisfaction is, "Haha, I stopped you from doing this right. completely, and now I feel superior, and I'm frustrated that you stopped me from doing that." And there is a little bit of that here, but it's just, it's different. It's different in a really interesting way. Yeah, and there's a few little things you can, subtle things you can do, like depending on how and where you place the tile that you get. There's uh, only certain sides have, you know, pathways. Um, and they, uh, it can be like single or double or triple and whatever it is, it costs you that many, um, that many action points which I think is really, really cool and can kind of be a deterrent and sort of a way to kind of set your group across, uh, you know, away from, uh, from somebody else or away from the pack. So I think that's, uh, there are other ways to sort of mitigate that. Yeah. It's just an f- interesting, um, combination of the ability to long-term plan like you have kind of an idea of what you want to do but there's enough unpredictability where you really can't or you'll lose your brain would hurt you would just deflate because there's there's so many possibilities of how someone else is gonna explore the area um that it's almost impossible so yeah it's almost like maybe a turn or two before a scoring round might happen you kind of like okay where am i how now i need to position myself initially i'm gonna spread out or i'm gonna get a lot of guys out or i'm just gonna make sure i majority is on high value things but then I'm really going to um, plan for the scoring round closer to the scoring round directly as opposed to the whole time. So anyway, just a, the feel of it just is really great yeah. to me. <laughs> so very cool game. Check uh, so, yeah, check out To Call. And check Instagram for we'll post some pictures of yeah. uh, To Call so you can kind of get a feel for it. But All right. We are going to jump from there into a segment today that we are uh, titling, a self-explanatory title, Games <laughs> That We Own. Self-explanatory. <laughs> Did I Terry? You said Terry. It's not <laughs> explanatory. I don't speak good, Bill. You've known me long enough to know this. Okay, this uh, is struggling today, guys. <laughs> so bear with us. Uh, self-explanatory. <laughs> I don't it's know why. It just sounds like, like something. The, no, it's like the planetarium. <laughs> it's not the explanatorium. <laughs> I would go and visit the explanatorium. I would too. That sounds great. Um, of games that we own but have never played. This is probably a small collection many gamers have. If they have any sort of a collection, there are probably a few games that they have on the shelves that they eye longingly. Maybe they walk by and stroke gently every once in a while, thinking about their future together that they may or may not ever have. 
And ours <laughs> can be summed up. Uh, we've made a list of uh, five each of games that uh, we have not played but very much want to play. Yes. This was difficult for me because I have probably... 50 games still in shrink wrap. <laughs> Bill has this affliction much worse than I do. <laughs> and probably 100 to 150 games that I haven't played that I've taken out of the shrink wrap, but just like never played. I might have punched out or something. So these are like my top five that I'm most eager to get some sort of play from. A um, couple of these are pretty big games. So they're games that I'm kind of... Uh, limited by that ability to get these large games to a table, which is definitely a topic that we're gonna yes. we're gonna pick we'll up. We'll get into on that here. soon. Yeah. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, uh, who who started last time? Oh God, I don't remember. You go ahead, kick it off. Okay, I'm gonna kick it off. I'm gonna kick it off with a game um, that is uh, very popular and has a ton of expansions, um, and I own but have just never gotten a chance i've owned it forever never gotten a chance to play it and that is um legendary marvel oh so it's the um it's a card game uh it's like a deck building game i believe uh but it's uh it's supposed to be super fun uh everybody who i have talked to who's played it really likes it the reviews are all really positive um, it is based on the Marvel franchise and the, um, uses the legendary system, which they also have uh, regular legendary, uh, which I believe is aliens. Yes. Um, that is the only legendary game I have. Played. Have you played any of the other legendary games? I haven't played any of them. Um, but the, uh, it's a deck building game, uh, based in the Marvel universe and, uh, it looks cool and there's so many expansions i'm sitting here looking there's just like a bazillion of them there's you know civil war and fantastic four and guardians of the galaxy and secret wars secret wars 2 x-men captain america like it's ridiculous dark city avengers versus x-men it's ridiculous i could go on but we don't have that kind of time (laughs) um but i would really like to at some point get this to the table um it's probably my fault because i don't bring it to game night i don't think it's an exceptionally long game (laughs) no i don't think so either um i so and i think it uh it looks fairly accessible it's not super complicated or anything like that so um that's my my number five game it's uh it's only 45 minutes, it says here yeah. on Boarding Geek. So under an hour, we should totally be able to get this. Yeah, bring I'm, it. Bring, I'm it, bring gonna, it next time. I, I love to play it. I, my I'm only gonna. experience with the... I've heard all... T- you always hear tons of great things about the Legendary series. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're not familiar, they take the a broad structure of a deck building design, a deck building mechanism and gameplay, and then they they apply different themes to that structure, but it's not just like, I'll just slap a new one on when they reskin. Yeah. Reskin, but it's not just like mindless where they just slap on new art. They actually do as my understanding. I've only played the alien one, but they actually do take into account the theme um, that they are using for that specific one and try to make the gameplay more appropriate for that one. So the alien, my experience with the eight was the, with the alien legendary series, and that has all of the alien movies in one box. And we, my friend Alex and I was visiting him. I love, and we played franchise. each movie in a row and oh. it was amazing how differently each played each played way differently than the other one and really felt appropriate to the movie theme um like uh the first um one was more about horror more horror related and you're not as strong but you are fighting uh the alien who's who's going around the ship the second one you're pretty much you're got the marines so you're battling it's more fight based then the third one i think it is is when they're in the prison Mm -hmm. you don't fight at all there you're trying to use your um cunning really to get around the obstacles and you don't really have that much agency to battle you do a little bit but it's more about escaping recruiting friendships finding secrets so it changed so drastically within each playthrough it was really fun to play them back to back 
So um, I would love to play the legendary games just to see how different it is, because I think they do a great job of transitioning into themes, but not making it feel like, oh, they just reskin this, you know? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. So uh, I that's right. definitely on there. What's uh What do you got? Okay, so I have uh well, Tikal was actually at the top of my list, and we played it. So uh, my next one is uh Pillars of the Earth. I think I mentioned this before. Oh, I love this game. But uh, yeah, I've never played Pillars of the Earth. I bought it when they did a uh, re-release a couple years ago. Um, they uh, re-released it or reprinted it. And I was super excited at the time. I waited for it, waited for it. It got to me. I was so excited to have it, and then I never got it to the table, and it just sits uh, unshrink-wrapped, I will tell you. I have punched it, but unplayed. And I know ever, all about how to play it. I've done some more external reading on it just to learn a bit about it uh, beyond that, just how it ties into the theme. And I'm really excited to try this game. Yeah, and it's not a long game either. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's longer than you know parade or something but um it's it's not an event game right so yeah. it, it could get played at game night um yeah this is one uh that when i first really got into board games with like settlers of Catan and ticket to ride and uh, like puerto rico this was like one of the first five games that i had oh, and cool. uh we really, really kind of took it to that next level, that step past Catan, uh, but not extraordinarily. I mean, it, it's pretty easy concept. It's yeah. worker placement. Uh, it's my first exposure to worker placement, um, so it's got a special place in my heart. <laughs> um, but it's very cool game. I you should definitely get that to the table because I'll play with you. Yeah, yeah. Once again, another game. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the board game geek page. It says 90 to 120 minutes, but. I, that's not that bad um and uh so yeah i'm just excited to play it i just it I, my understanding of it there's a couple of things it does has very unique to it um i think it's the turn order if i remember correctly or the, t- the way the turn order is time out yeah it's i could got, be misremembering you, you that you but. draw the ter- draw the player tokens from a bag mm-hmm. and then um if you want to go like if yellow's the first one drawn Right. If yellow wants, yellow can decide if they want to pay the maximum amount of money to be yeah, first. Okay. If not, then they can elect to go last, and the next one can. So it's uh, it's you, it's kind of random and auction based. You can get drawn first and decide not to go first, or you could, you know, not get drawn till later. Uh, but if other people pass because they don't want to pay the money, you could get into that first spot cheaper. So yeah, uh, it, it, that is pretty unique. I've never seen that uh, that drawing stuff out of yeah. the bag for turn order uh, like that before. So uh, that's neat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just it's that's kind of what fascinated me with it initially was just that it's got that uniqueness of doing that. I've ne- I've also never seen anything quite like it. So I really want to experience that how that feels in a game. Uh, worker placement, which I also love. So we'll see how that all comes together. But yes, I will definitely be bringing that uh, as well and try to line up a playthrough soon. Okay, back to you. What do you have on next on your list? Okay, next on my list um, is a highly regarded game by uh, a designer that I really like, uh, Ryan Lockett of Red Raven Games. Uh-huh. And it is City of Iron, specifically uh, second edition. Mm. Um, having very little idea of actual gameplay, I'm going to read kind of the description <laughs> of it. Um, in City of Iron, two to four players compete to build up a small nation in a world of machines, magic, and money, uh, become the leader of one of four rival nations, uh, produce goods like machine parts and bottled demons to create gain wealth or research steam age technology and recruit mercenaries to control the continent. So uh, schooners and airships and flying islands, and um, it sounds really, really neat. Uh, Its uh, main mechanisms are area control, um, deck slash pool building, and uh, hand management. So uh, all things that I enjoy. It's beautiful. Um, it's the, the art, to me, I, I think it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, I love all so, of this. So um, I have opened this game, and I've looked through just the pieces. <laughs> it looks astoundingly good. I, I excited, very excited to get this to the table at some point. So that's my. So name. this is one that definitely the the theme brought you for sure to it, not the not the mechanisms. Oh yeah, the the theme for sure. Uh, it got great reviews. 
um, that's the first thing that kind of brought it to my attention. And then I kind of looked at it and was like, wow, if it plays as good as it looks and everybody <laughs> seems to think that it does. Um, yeah, this is one that uh, theme was definitely first. I Until I saw this, I honestly couldn't tell you how it played, right? Um, which is unusual. A lot of games that... I have or want to buy, I, I at least have an idea of how they play. But this, uh, I, I've never seen Ryan Lockett steer me in the wrong direction. So. Yeah, that, I was going to say, that's that's just a kind of vote of confidence. And uh, <laughs> I always like to, I always think whenever I see his name, I think Lockett. Because that's how, <laughs> that's the phonetic, that was phonetically the spelling would be. And I like to think of him as just preening himself in a window somewhere. Right. Um, but yeah, he's he's <laughs> such a prolific uh, impressive designer, publisher, artist, whatever, all of the things. Yes. Um, so I, I also enjoy several of his games. I believe his wife also designs games with with oh, him are they a on, team on her own. I believe. Oh, oh so. she has yeah. her own stuff. Oh, that's I, cool. I believe she has her own stuff, and I know that uh, I know they've done some stuff together. So that would make sense. Power it's not his wife; couple. it's his sister. But I'm pretty sure it's his wife. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm resisting the temptation to make a joke there. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to Good the next call. one. Right. Uh, um, this is a game that I have started playing, but I've never played a full session with uh, because it's another game that I just want to have played in the right like environment, in the right mood. And um, this is a Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. Oh. I have never gotten through a gameplay. I've opened it up. I've opened up the map of London. I've opened I've started the mystery that I'm supposed to solve and it was just really cool and then for whatever reason I I uh I I just uh I, I was doing it by myself too and I kind of I think part of it was I felt like oh, this would be much more fun with more people um because you can bounce ideas off of cuz the premise of the game is you are Sherlock Holmes and um or no, I'm sorry, you're not Sherlock Holmes. What you are is, uh, I think the premise is basically you are following Sherlock Holmes, or you're kind of competing with Sherlock Holmes, but through his notes to solve this mystery. And if you can solve it as well as he can, you're trying to basically see as much that Sherlock Holmes did or solve it in, in, as completely as he did to uh, quote-unquote win. It's not really about winning, it's more about solving the mystery and noticing all the things you should have noticed to solve it. Yeah, it's like the experience. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I think I think ultimately when you decide what the solution is, you compare it to his solution, yeah. and then you get number of points or something based on like how close it is to uh, what, what he discovered. Yes. Um, I actually have the second one, the Ripper side, Ripper Street murders or whatever mm-hmm. and then you have the original which is out of print and i have not been able to get my hands on so uh we have all the mysteries in the world together <laughs> to solve and with these especially you can play by yourself and just go through it or yeah. you can it can be i don't want to say party game but like an event type game where 10 people could sit around and work on this together and kind of yeah. make uh, a night of these mysteries so uh it's really neat concept. It's not like it's very different from like your stereotypical like board game, board game. It's it's much more of like a storytelling experience. Right. Um, really deep stuff. The art cool. is great. The map of London just just beautiful and it feels like uh it feels like it was like yeah. taken from a real map and then maybe augmented a little bit for gameplay, I'm, but I'm with you in that it's gotta be like the right group of people yeah like you can't just get a bunch of randos and right. just be like hey let's play this game because you know i feel like it, it has to be people who relate to each other and who can who can all get into the mystery to, and the theme right. together and not one person going this is bullshit yeah or i'm bored yeah. yeah um so it's it's got to be the right group i'm with you yeah, and also tying into that, it's um, it's basically like once you're done. I mean, there's several mysteries in each game box, but once you're done, you pretty much are done with the game. It's not. It's almost like a legacy game. Yeah, um, it's like a precursor to legacy. Yeah, sort of. They came out before they were big, but uh, it's just one of those things where you got to figure out if the cost of the game offsets the fact that you probably have a single playthrough. And my thought is, is like. Once I've played through all of these, I'll just give it to somebody else who I know will enjoy it and yeah. and be the type of game player who will get something out of it. So um, 
And it kind of has some collector value. Well, that, that too. It's not, it's not easy to get a hold of. I haven't been able to find it. Yeah. Um, now so. that we're talking about that, actually, I realize one of the other things that I, why I stopped playing is I wanted to preserve the main components because it comes with this big fold out map of London. And while you're playing, you, you're going to be taking notes because you're, you're basically doing interviews. You're, going, you're running around town and you know what happened to the crime and you're getting these clues and you're going to talk to people. And the way you find them is you locate them on the map and you kind of want to know, oh, that guy was near the area of the crime at that time. And so you kind of circle that area. And, but then you're going to kind of beat up the map playing through the entire set of mysteries. Right. And so I wanted to um, just reprint the map for like a beat up copy, I could just, just a basic looking copy that I could mark up and not care about. And so, that's a good call. Um, so that I, now that we mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, that was the other reason why I kind of stopped playing because I sort of saw it going that way and <laughs> I felt like if I handed it off, it'd be nice to hand it off pristine as possible. So, but anyway, one that I'm really looking forward to and I feel like that's just a, a nice settling in evening game um, to play. So I'm super excited to actually do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you that uh, it, looks really cool so all right down to uh number th- what are we two or um whatever I have, we're at i have three left so this will be okay. my, this is my number three all right yeah um my number three is uh an older game it's uh it's nine or ten years old it's we actually i think talked about it very briefly in a previous podcast but we episode we we may not have uh, it's innovation Oh yeah, uh, which is uh, two to four players uh, came out uh, yeah, about nine or ten years ago, and um, it's not great looking. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's a civilization like hand management game, um, but the people that love it just absolutely swear by it, like love it. Um, and from my understanding, the way you, you play it uh, by with these multi-use cards, that depending on how they're angled and what they cover up and what's showing, it can make different things happen. It's a civilization game, which I like. I'm always looking for that, you know, big civ experience in a smaller amount of time. And this is uh, generally a 45-minute to an hour game. So... Um, but I've heard such good things about it. I've tried to watch some videos, and I just don't get it. And I think I'd have to actually play it to really figure it out. Um, and it's pretty ugly. Yeah, it's very. It looks like clip art. Yeah. Um. It. It, it probably is. It probably is clip art. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, I'm, I'm interested. It's gotten so many good reviews, and the people that love it just, I mean are fanatical about it. So I'd really like to kind of see what the fuss is all about, so to speak. So um, that that is my number three. Yeah, uh, that's actually a game I own as well. I kind of forgot I owned Innovation until you just brought it up. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second that, um, although it's not on my list because I forgot about it. But yes, I have seen Innovation as well, or obviously I've seen it, but I've seen uh, videos on the playthrough of it and it also kind of felt like a game, like you just said, where it's like, I, I got to actually physically play with this to understand it. It just feels like there's yeah. something I can't understand or at least get the feel of just watching a video. So, um, But uh, what's the, that doesn't play... How long is the playthrough of that? It's not too long, right? 45 minutes to... 45 to 60 minutes. 45 to 60. Okay, yeah. Uh, so 45 that's minutes an... with two players, they gets up to 60 minutes with four. Yeah. That's not, that's not so, too bad. No, no. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I also like I always like uh, Civ games and a new take, and especially um, we've talked about um, uh, Flow of History and our thoughts on that, so we won't get back into that. But my uh, my interest in games of that ilk is very high as well, so I would love to take a crack at that. Nice. Okay, let's see. I have um, – the next one is a game that I've had for so long, uh, and this is Suburbia. I have never played Suburbia. You've never and played I've, Suburbia. Yeah, I know, and I've owned it forever. Oh my god! And I feel like I got Suburbia at a time when everyone was really sick of Suburbia, <laughs> like because it was huge for a while. People loved it, and they were like, "Yeah, it's a great game ever. It's such a fun and unique game on a on a city builder, and it's uh, so satisfying." And then I came in like a year or two late, and we're like, "Yeah, let's play it." Like, ah, oh, we're kind of sick of that game. Oh, I like I love Suburbia. Yeah. I like it a lot. Even, I, yeah, I, I played it with uh, I played it with Kirsten. 
a few times. So she she knows how to play. I, oh, nice. I'll play, I'll play suburbia with you. It's it's easy to learn. It's yeah. Uh, it's very strategic, but it's not like weirdly strategic where you go in and you're like, okay, what am I gonna <laughs> do? And then you just have no plan. I mean, right. it's it's uh, it's intuitive. My uh, I, I bought think it's it. The best city building game out there. Then that's down. that's what I, I got. It gets close. I remember um, choosing between that and um, what what is the other one that's similar? There's a couple that are similar. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Anyway, I also have Quadropolis. Yeah, that's I think one. it's Quadropolis. Um, that's what I was thinking. Quadropolis is kind of like if uh, if suburbia is high school, Quadropolis is like elementary slash middle school. It's uh, okay. It's much more toned down it's uh it's a simpler game um not necessarily simpler to learn oddly enough but i think the strategy is a little simpler i really like both i like quadropolis a lot um but i think is if you're looking for like a strategic city builder i don't think you can do any better than suburbia yeah that's that's i'm super excited to play this i bought it uh i bought it from someone else and they had uh, suburbia inc in in it as well so i have both i've not played suburbia inc and um Suburbia Inc. adds another wrench to the works, uh, as is my understanding. I don't know. He threw it in, so I didn't really know much about it when I got it. But I've heard people do like that expansion. So, yeah, Suburbia is just one that I, I've bring it. I've brought it out um, a few times or tried to see if people want to play it. It just, they just, I don't know, for whatever reason, they they weren't into it. Or there are other games that were more attractive. The one thing about it is it's got its own unique style, and it it is. Not bland, I would say, but it's less like if you compare Quadropolis and Suburbia, Quadropolis is very designed to pull you in with its art. And yeah. it's like bright and exciting looking. And there's like, oh, what kind of Suburbia crazy city are they making? much more institutional. Yeah, it's very, yeah. Uh, It's it seems like it's designed by a committee, <laughs> a suburban yeah, <laughs> planning it, committee. It's functional. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. very functional. And yeah, uh, Quadropolis is much better looking. Much brighter, much more exciting. Mm-hmm. And this is, I remember my wife, um, my wife, my wife likes games, but uh, she, uh, <laughs> so some games she'll be like, uh, uh, no, I don't feel like playing that. And, and, and for whatever reason, and this was one that she's like, nah, I don't feel like playing that. Oh, <laughs> like, it's so fun. Yeah. Well, I knew it, I knew she'd like it once she got into it, but I think whatever she, when I proposed it, that was her reaction. So, on the shelf it remains, but also one I would really like to get played because I know it's good. That's another one yeah. I I just well a lot of these we know they're good, but yeah, we just good haven't game. been able to get them. It, out. it doesn't look great. No. It's not something that. If it's on the table and everyone's playing, anyone's gonna walk by and go, "Oh, ooh, let me I'm get it next." On that. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're not. Yeah, it is perfect a theme though. I mean, the fact that it is so functional and, and not oh, yeah. on, oh, functional absolutely. first and nothing else. But it's also one of the things I remember um, reading about this game is that there's a lot of fun, unintentional hilarity in the fact of your placements. So I am super. I love games that write in humor and do it well, as opposed to just. Uh, unintentional is always good as well, but when they attempt it uh, or as part of the gameplay, um, that's always an extra little bonus. So, Suburbia is the one that uh, I hope to get played soon as well. Well, I will play that with you because I haven't played that in forever. All right, what do you got? Number four. All right, number four. Um, this game has uh, kind of surfaced because of all of my tavern uh, <laughs> games uh, uh, that that I've just really been intrigued by this uh this tavern building game um it is called taverna and uh it is uh plays two to five okay um hour to an hour and a half and uh you're all tavern owners and there's like this holy day in the kingdom and so you're trying to kind of take advantage of this to get people uh to make the most money um but you have to get along with everybody because other people are going to be the ones, my understanding, of who put um, the customers into your tavern. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, you kind of have to work with people, and um, it's really neat that way. Uh, I, I can't get a lot more detail than that because <laughs> I don't know much more detail than that because I've never played it. Um, but that is... Uh, the art's cool. It uh, it is as close to a tavern building game <laughs> as uh, <laughs> as I can get at this point in time, and I've had it for a couple of years, and it's still shrink wrapped. So oh, this is one that's not even been no no air has not touched it. Air has not touched oh. it. It is airtight ish. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that looks cool. I'm just looking at uh, um, some of the pictures of it. That's a really neat looking game. Who designed or who uh, published this? Is it Stronghold? No. Um, no, it's uh, I don't have any idea who Games Factory. Games Factory. Hmm, interesting. Um, SD Games. Carl um, Marcel. Marcel. Yeah. So it's uh, it's, it's about four or five years old. So, but yeah, yeah, I would really, uh, I'm interested now. <laughs> <laughs> now is the right time. I got it on Cool Stuff for like, I don't know, like fifteen dollars or something, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. or twelve or fifteen dollars, like like a few years ago, it was on clearance. So, um, I just sort of it was part of my let's just buy all the games uh, <laughs> rant, and and now I actually want to play it. So. Nice. That's yeah. my number two. That looks that looks fun as well. All right. Um, down to me. So this is one that um, I uh, <laughs> uh, this one's okay. I, I I thought about not putting this one on the list because I've 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 played well, I've played this, but I haven't played my copy of it. So I play I I someone showed me how to play this, but I didn't enjoy them as a player. <laughs> and so I thought I thought they took it away from the game and I thought it would be fun to play. Hopefully I didn't introduce you. No, to no, it wasn't you. Yeah, and he's in this very room. <laughs> Weird. Um, it's just us. <laughs> th- and this is uh, Imperial Assault. So I oh. I had someone intro me to show me how to play it. And we did play like part of a scenario, but the way every once in a while, especially with big games, you and if it's someone's game, like this is my favorite game, it can be not the best experience to play with them because they, depending on the type of gamer they are, some types of gamer, some people feel like they can't let you experience the game. It's very hard for them. I'm sure they're doing it intentionally, but it's very hard for them to let you come to the same realization that they have that this game is really great, but you have to get there naturally. You can't be just like anything. You can't be told how great it is and then feel the same way. You got to be like, wow, I I agree through my experiences that this game's amazing. And so it felt like that. Um, This person's very nice, but it just felt like they, I felt like I was always letting them down with my decisions. (laughs) And so I have uh, my, my wife got me Imperial Assault a couple years ago for my birthday and I have painted some of it. I have run through solo the intro scenario. I've even run uh, with Shelly the intro scenario. And um, so, but I've never actually started a campaign. And it's a big endeavor because it's a game that has campaigns. You go, th- you, you set a time, the whole, running through the whole game takes, I think, uh, I'm probably wrong about this, but I think like six or seven at least plays of, ca- of individual campaigns to run through oh. the base campaign, if I'm correct. So you, it's kind of a commitment. You don't have to do the whole thing, but it's what well, it's kind of what it's designed for. You can also play just the one-off campaigns and be fine with that, which I would also be fine with. But um, it's also just a game that's hard to get to the table, you know, because it's, yeah. it's a commitment of time, and it's uh, also very heavily tied towards the Star Wars universe, of course. So if you're not a big Star Wars fan or you don't care, it's not going to be probably as engaging for you. Um, it's uh, and it's built off the the, the descent system. So right. if you're not a fan of that system and the sort of light RPG elements of that, it also might not be perfect for you either. So anyway, for a variety of reasons, I have not actually gotten a real what I would consider a real playthrough of this, and I would really love to. <laughs> well, I uh, I sort of when a lot of these Star Wars games are coming out, I'm a huge, incredibly huge Star Wars fan um, beyond reckoning. Um, if uh, when when all these games started coming out, I I attached to X Wing. So right. I'm, yes. I'm a big X Wing fan. I never uh, I never played Imperial Assault, uh, and mostly because I never knew anybody who had Imperial Assault. But apparently, <laughs> I must have this known whole you. Whole time. Um, yeah. But you know, you haven't played X Wing with me, so uh, I feel <laughs> we like we talked we're, about playing like it a bunch. We never, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's 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 fair. We're tied there. That's but, true. Um, I would I would love to get in on that and see. Um, did you said it's based on the the descent system? Yeah, the descent okay. uh, second I'd... edition descent system. They did uh, they changed it a little bit more. So like my understanding is it's it's basically the descent system with Star Wars theme on it, but they also changed a few things to meld better with the theme. Okay. And also I think they corrected a few things that were complaints yeah. with the descent system. So the the system it's built on is is strong. So I played a little bit of descent. Before. Yeah, I've never played descent, but. Uh, uh, but I'm assuming it's very similar feel and play. But, but uh, yeah, it's just um, it's a game that 
Uh, well, they came out with an app for it too to assist you in playing. Uh, and if you've never seen Imperial Assault, it's the way it's set up is it's a one v all system. Um, there are ways to play against the app, but I think it's best if one person represents the Imperial side, and then the other pers- people represent uh, a group of rebels trying to do whatever rebels do. And what's kind of cool they is they rebel. They rebel. Oh, that's what they do. Yeah. Um, they uh, the rebels aren't the the main characters in the Star Wars universe. Are make appearances and you can um, use them in the game. However, the base game there you're you're not the main rebels in the movies and stuff like that. And I like that because part of the game is kind of creating your individual story through an RPG elements through the arc of the broader Star Wars universe storyline. So you can fail at these missions and still progress in the story. It would just be a different progression than it would be if you had won, which I think is really cool. That is cool. And you're not tied to what Luke was up to necessarily uh, at this time. You don't feel let down if he doesn't do the things he did that you saw him do. You are doing things to supplement the rebellion in your own way, and you might fail because you're rebels, and rebels fail a lot. (laughs) They died all the time. Yeah, that's a... That's a sad part of being a rebel. Yeah, that's I the think. bummer. That's the bummer about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, so it's just a fun system of um, of being able to do it in kind of your own way. Not necessarily your own way, but there's there's isn't black and white win conditions. So you can you can still complete a mission without completing all the things in a mission. You can literally fail a mission and still progress in the story, which is just I always love games like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, that that that's it. There's uh, there's another game that does that. I don't remember what it was, um, but okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, my number one game that I want to get to the table um, is a long game, a very long game, an experience game um, that plays two to six and um, is roughly a half an hour to 45 minutes per player. Um, so it's probably about a three to four hour game with max people and it's uh exodus proxima centauri it is a uh, 4x game that my understanding has uh, a lot of the really cool diplomatic elements that ti4 has uh combined with a lot of the um economy aspects that everyone loves about eclipse and those are the two big yeah. um, 4X games, uh, 4X space games, anyway. Um, and it plays in about half the time of those guys, um, which is still really long. <laughs> yeah, which is but, <laughs> three hours. <laughs> but I feel like, um, like, and, and TI4 is at its core, it's a diplomacy game. Yeah. Um, and Eclipse, if you ever played Eclipse, at its core is uh, basically an economic game um so did this one uh a lot of people have have basically said that uh this is the 4x game for them and it's uh it does play in less time than the two big boys and i have owned it for an extensive period of time it is a really heavy game um on two different levels one it's fairly complex from what i understand uh, but two, the box is really heavy. Like it weighs <laughs> a lot because um, there's a lot of shit in it. Uh, and and I have wanted to. In fact, I brought this to game night a couple of times uh, way back in the beginning when, for some reason, I thought we'd play a three or four hour <laughs> game at game night. But I think this would be better to do like the way we plan um, TI four yeah. games, where it's hey, let's plan to spend you know set a, date. a decent part yeah. of the day you know make a lunch out of it and we'll you know grab some beers and we'll play this game for three or four hours um but i'd really like really really like to get it to the table and i feel like with 4x games um the more people there are the better yes there aren't I a totally whole lot of there aren't a lot of games that i really want to max out mm-hmm. um but 4x games in general like like if you're going to play ti4 you should you play wanna... with max or close to max. Yeah, ideally, um, if you can. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to play this with two players. I'm sure it's a fine two-player game, but when I'm really looking for that 4X experience, I want as many players as possible. So. Yeah. And it's it's modular, so the um, 
the board of planets that you build, um, the pattern does depend on how many players. So hmm. uh, two players plays on a smaller, just just kind of like the other um, most of the other okay uh, four X yeah. games. So, but it looks really neat. Um, I have drooled over all the parts. Don't worry, I've cleaned them. Um, <laughs> so this is unwrapped. It, it is unwrapped and punched out and beautiful. Nice. It looks cool. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to play this as well. Yeah, just um, one of those games, like you said, we got to schedule a date and and make it happen. Yep. Tough to get to the table. Definitely not a board game night game because if it's if it's listed at one eighty minutes that means it plays longer than that most yeah, likely most likely so that's uh, cool yeah no, this looks really cool so is it um so you're saying it's a combination of eclipse eclipse and ti's like highlight or main yeah focuses yeah right. it's got a lot of diplomacy in it and a lot of political stuff going on but it also has a real good economy um economic base and everything that uh because there's two real two real camps when it comes to 4X games, yeah. usually, and those are the two. Um, and this one, from my understanding, bridges the gap better than anybody else. Huh, interesting. Yeah, that sounds great. I would love to tackle that. I need something to, um, to uh, distract me from the fact that I don't own Zia as well. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't own that, guys. And I never will probably... I hope well, so. Might, I hope to someday, actually. You might once a year or so get that. To once a year panel. when they reprint it, I'll get tempted, and one of these days I'm sure I'll crack. But uh, Aaron has it. Does he? Oh, yep. we should do one. He set does up have a night. It. That was he, that. he was he suggested uh, we play it sometimes. So. Oh heck yeah! All right, cool man. We're getting such a great upcoming playlist, right? <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, we my, don't have time. I know there's <laughs> not time enough time in, our in lives the world to yeah. play all these games. Not enough time in the day or the week or the month or life. <laughs> We got um, to keep like a master list and stick to it. Yeah. Like maybe we could fluctuate like, things, but we, we need to. So we, we need to rank them in order of, of desirability to play yeah. current desirability. But it's a living list, so it could yes. shift so based we, on we needs. Could move it. Yeah, based on. Oh, that'd be know? an interesting thing to do is, uh, I don't know, that might be unsatisfying. I was going to say, instead of like uh, the week of, like you set the date that we're going to play and the week of. You decide what you're going to play based on excitement for game. I don't know if that would take away. It'd probably be annoying to some people who are really like, if you're going to play TI4, that you surprise, we're playing Arkham Horror. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, I mean, if you're going to play on a TI4 night, that's different than planning like a big game night. Yeah. You know, so I, I I could see coming up with it like a few days beforehand you know somebody sends out a video of hey here's a basic tutorial everybody watch it kaz won't yeah trust me anybody i'll, I'll say i will anybody I listening right now who's ever gonna play a game with kaz <laughs> he will not watch your stupid tutorial okay he'll show up to your house and say yeah um just real quick just go over a few things with me and i will get angry that i do not understand things <laughs> and i will tell people about it <laughs> because it saved him the 15 minutes of watching the tutorial. I like to learn as a group. I like everyone to teach me. Mold me. I'm clay. Can't the tutorial mold you? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, maybe one of these days he'll, he'll do that. Because we're getting so excited. Like I'm sure at this point he'd be like, yeah, I'll definitely watch that. Maybe, maybe we will. I'll get so close. All right, my my last uh, is actually a game that I've borrowed from you, uh, which you also have not played this one, I don't think, uh, which is a game that just looked very interesting. It's uh, it's like ocean-related. It's The Swarm. And have you played it? You never played it either. I have not played yeah. it. I don't so think is, I've even opened it. Uh, no, I think I like opened it. It's not in shrink wrap. I know that. Yeah, no, I've probably taken the shrink wrap off, but I don't, I don't think I've like punched it out or looked at it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. I'd, yeah, the, I thought it looked neat. I, I got it at uh, was it like uh, Barnes and Noble or Second Charles or something on a discount, discount yeah. shelf. It was like ten or fifteen bucks. But it's an older game. It's from two thousand eight, but it's uh, I believe it's based around a, a novel a or novel, a book yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. And um, I don't know too much about it except I think there's an extraterrestrial element or a supernatural element to it. But it takes place with like um the uh the ocean um there's like uh let's see 
Yeah, okay, I'm just going to read you the sentence of it. The, the, the synopsis is, The world is facing an ecological catastrophe caused by previously unknown marine life forms, and each player represents a nation sending their scientists out to confront the threat. So that's that right away just sounds very interesting to me. A, ocean games, I, I love ocean games and ocean themes, just always that art is always fun to interact with. But the fact that you are um, not fighting aliens that are coming up through the oceans, but the fact that you're a science team trying to figure things out makes me really intrigued by how they do that. Is it co-op? Um, it is, I think it oh, is actually. Oh, no, it looks competitive. Um, I think you are your nation's competing against each other to be the first. It looks like to get the, the info you need. So much more real world than pandemic, where everyone's right. on the same side. Right, yeah. <laughs> but that would never fly in real life. <laughs> yeah, well, because Estonia has come up with the cure. <laughs> Screw them! How much Who? are they charging for it? Um. It looks to me. I, I honestly don't know a ton about this game. I just want. I'm intrigued by the premise and and want to uh, to see how they did it and fulfill it. But it's got some really interesting components uh, for those people who and I'm one of them who like to uh, play with uh, meeples and stuff like that. And um, there are wave. There are even wave meeples, which is just cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the board is laid out uh, just very unique, abstract looking board of like there's looks like there's an Arctic shelf there, and there's the North and South Poles represented in some way, and then there's also uh, two land masses that you're coming off of or, or en- representing or entering and there's a weird portal looking thing in the middle of the ocean so ooh that's where the supernatural element comes in I'm that's assuming that's where the aliens are or maybe that's just real and there's a plug hole in the ocean that right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm not an oceanographer everybody somebody pulled it and all the water is draining out <laughs> and your job is to get the plug back in um, We do we have enough rubber in the world to make it I don't know uh, so it just seems like a very interesting game and a, and a neat premise. And um, you never know when board games are based or anything is based off of a previous intellectual property or previous thing like a book or IP you never know. IP games are tough. Yeah, IP games are really tough to do right. But um, There's some great ones and there's some real oh shitbag ones. Garbage, garbage. There's this one based on Ender's Game. And if the designer of this shitty Ender's Game <laughs> Battle School or whatever it's called. Oh, okay. Um, it, 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 if you're listening, I'm sorry, your game totally sucks. Um, <laughs> it was it was really bad. Uh, and that sort of struck me as, and it came out right when the movie did, so it really struck me as a cash grab, especially because yeah. the game's total garbage. Yeah, I feel like that's, they were like, uh, hey, what's popular right now? Board games? Nice, let's put one of those out. Yeah. Uh, oh God! I look into the listing. The artist is not available. They're <laughs> not applicable. Any <laughs> so they either didn't want to put his name to it, or they just uh... is that the Ender's Game one? Yes, I think it's all photo. Oh, okay, true. Oh, that would make sense. It's yeah, just I from all the movie like, art. Yeah, okay. for like photo stills, like movie stills, which. It's probably one of those things, too, where the designer, it wasn't even his fault. They were just like, we need a designer. Will you be a designer for hire? And he's like, sure. Yeah, and here's some advice to anyone designing an IP game. Um, The worst thing you can do is take stills. Right. And and just, and put it, do, do some art, do art. Um, Don't, don't just toss in movie or TV show stills um, and it, does not look good it literally just looks like a cash grab at that point so and that is the best way to not sell any of your ip game yeah that my the only thing i would say the exception to that is battlestar galactica i enjoy i enjoy the stills there and i don't know if that's just me yeah but, but that it's was not, such a the whole thing that was such isn't, a beautifully it's graphic movie yeah, or uh, series it's a i think it's different because it's not necessarily like a lot of movie stills it's like it uses the the character pictures and everything. Oh God, they but look like a lot of the rest on. of it's just yeah. it's art. But yeah, it's um, yeah. It looks like yeah, like they had this thing and then they put his head on there. I put Ender's head on a like a, a yeah. separately designed piece that, of art. That game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I own it. If you want it, or <laughs> no, I'm good. Borrow I'm good. it. Hey, it's, maybe we could be on our list of games that suck. No, we're not going to yeah, make that, that would list. Be, <laughs> we're not doing that. Yeah, we're, be cool. we're not going to make not, that list. We're not we, here to crap made, all over other people who yeah, are designing stuff. We've already made the, the disappointment list. We are here to encourage designers uh, not to make games like this. <laughs> um, and that's uh, that's that. Yeah, and that completes our list. So, um, 
yeah, we uh, some of these we'll probably be playing soon, and I'm sure chatting about um, some of these. Um, not so soon, but uh, eventually, I would. I, I all these games sound really fun to play or check out. So yeah, if you've played any of these and uh, have any thoughts you want to share with us, then, oh, let uh, us know what we should tackle first. Yeah, definitely uh, get in touch with us on uh, Twitter, or Instagram at uh, Roasted Games One, or uh, on Facebook. Just search Roasted Games. And you can also email us at roastedgamesco, like for Colorado, uh, roastedgamesco at gmail.com. And we will be happy to uh, consider anything that you have to say because we're interested. <laughs> we are interested, and we appreciate any feedback you guys have. Uh, like we mentioned at the top, we did get a request for a topic uh, that is Arkham Horror, so we're going to be diving into that uh, probably in the next episode or two. So look forward to that, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys as well. So, as always. As always, and as well, and in perpetuity. That's a big word. For <laughs> I did. I pronounced it correctly, even. Yeah, I can't speak I'm English. I'm getting so better. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.